Well, I'm so glad you're here and joining us in this moment. This will be a great time as God is just going to share some great truth. For those online, I just really encourage you to go to foundgrace.com. Got about a third of you transfer over there, but it's a better website. It's, we can connect with you better. We want you to be able to do that. Today, I'm asking a simple question. Anything I can do for you? Anything I can do for you? Now, I saw some smiles. I saw some... Glenn, like, oh, yeah, I got some things for you to do, Randy. Yeah. Well, can you come right over? We'll get you right on that, all right? Earlier, when, when we were married and our family was younger, um, Jonathan and uh, Brittany, when, whenever I would go on a trip or I was gone speaking, they, and they, I was coming home from the trip, they would meet me at the door and they'd come running at me. Daddy, 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 what'd you bring us? What do you got for us? And I would always say, I brought you me. And of course they go, oh, okay, well, we got to hug you. All right, yeah, I got to kiss you. All right, okay, all right. Now what'd you bring? Now I, I, I realized as I, I was thinking about this this morning that, that whenever I said I brought you me, they never said, oh, daddy, we've been waiting to look upon your face. Oh, daddy, you know, I, it just, you just fill our heart and we just want to capture your heart, you know. They never did that. They always asked, What'd you bring me? Well, what's, what's in your, your bag? What's in your, your suitcase? Well, in the first phase of Christianity, that's a lot what it's about. It's like you're excited for what God is doing and what he's done, and, and you begin to realize prayer works, and the Bible works and has insight for us, and all this stuff, and you're excited, and you're just like, you're just like I, I need to get more. I, I want to How do we get all that I can get and all that I need? And, and then you're just trying, and then all of a sudden... It becomes about what do I get? How do I get more? How do I pray so you answer my prayer? What do I get from reading the Bible? Uh, what do I get from giving? What do I get from serving? Uh, show me what I need to do so I can get you, God, to do what I need you to do. Now, just a side note, just go off a little trail here for a second, but if you want to sell something in the Christian world, you write a book, you do a sermon, you talk about how do you get God to do something. This is the way you get answers to prayer. This is, no matter how you want to couch it, it's always about the get, and that product will sell like crazy, all right? The problem with any relationship that is built on what do I get it's immature. Now it's an immature. It's just not going to last very long. It's going to fall apart. Uh, so often you hear the marriage vows and the newlyweds, you complete me. Bah, nobody completes me, you know? It's like I'm hooking up to a battery, sucking all the juice out of you again. When you got nothing left, uh, you don't serve me. Kids, you know? My childhood wasn't so good. No, you're going to live it like I want to live it. And we make it about us instead of them. Or work, family, church, friends, whatever it may be, if it's built on get, it's going to fail. It's going to fall apart. So we're looking at John, the book of John, and John was the last apostle, and he wrote his book. And when he wrote his book, uh, he shares some deep... some interesting insight because he takes miracles 
And he even says in it, says, there's so many miracles, it would fill up more volumes. But I picked these because they were signs. They told you something about who Jesus was. Not that he just did miracles because he had compassion or like that. He says he wanted to reveal something about who he was. When God works you out, he wants you to understand, this is something about who I am with you. And so the biggest miracle that happens, which we're going to talk about, the most famous one was Jesus feeding the 5,000 men with five snack loaves of bread and two fishes. Those that followed Jesus had been thinking, okay, finally, uh, the crowds are up, things are going good. Uh, Jesus is going to do what we need him to do for us. He's about to do this. And they're enamored with the signs. They're enamored with all the healings that are going on. Uh, But they're missing that these signs, that these miracles point to Jesus. Tell you something about them. And this is key. Because number one, it's impossible. You want to pull out your notes? You want to write this down? It's impossible to have an authentic relationship with someone when you're always trying to get something. You can't do it. A relationship will not last. You're always doing this dance because it's always about this small chat. It's always about maneuvering. It's always about kind of butting up the person. It's all about positioning so you can get. And as long as you want something from somebody or you feel you got to get it, you know, a lot of times you go into a community, you go into a situation, you're trying to get. I'm here to talk to you because I'm trying to get. You cannot have an intimate, real relationship with them. The point is, God showed up. He came to earth. He wrapped himself up. He showed up for us, and he gave himself to us. I'm not talking just about the cross. He gave himself to us. All we'll ever need is found in Jesus. We don't need anything more. He gave himself to us. We need just to receive him. We need just to be with him. We need just to sense him. We need just to let him just be around us. And here's the point. If that's not enough for you, then this message is for you. If you're not amazed and overwhelmed at points, that God just loves me, then what I'm sharing today is for you and me. Because we got to reawaken that. It's all about who Jesus is. That's the message. So what's so key here and so important is we got to get the facts, the information. God is good and God is all. We got to get all that to our heart. There's got to be this connection from our head to our heart. In fact, we just do everything. We just touch your head to right here and just say, this information has to go from my head so I sense it in my heart. That's something in my heart. That's what's key in this. And when you get to that place, even when things aren't okay, when things are a mess, things are going crazy, that'll be enough. That will be enough. When it's not something you're trying to talk yourself into, but it's something you, you know. It gives you stability. It gives you a place footing. In fact, Philippians 4, 7 says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. When this goes from the head to the heart, you know, you know he's enough. You know that there's no accidents that just happened. Things aren't just random. God's got a plan. God is directing you. God is shaping you. He's going to do something. Now, we learned last week in talking with John that Jesus, he followed Jesus because of what he saw and what he heard. He didn't have this hope. I hope this all works out. I hope this is the right thing. I hope we do. A lot of our Christianity, that's what it is. But he'd come to a place, there was enough evidence, enough signs, there was enough things that he saw that he knew who Jesus was. He got the identity. I know who you are. I've seen the evidence. I've seen the events. I've seen the things. You are the son of God. I believe. What Jesus did caused him to believe who Jesus was. Inside your notes, when you begin to recognize who Jesus is, it's going to reframe your entire life. It's going to change everything. A person is radically changed. It's all different when you understand who he is. So John shares his agenda when he writes his book. He says at the very end of the book, not the beginning, he wants to wrap it up, John 20, 31. These were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. This isn't just about him coming to your life and you having a relationship. This is about him being all-powerful, the Son of God. And that by believing, you will have what? Let's just say the right verse. If you believe, you'll have what? Life. Life in his name. Something's going to happen to you where you realize he's all-powerful. He's coursing through you. He's a part of your day. You're anticipating, where am I going to meet you? Where is what's going to happen? What's going to show up today with you? There is life in his name, power and authority. But this question we keep asking, what am I going to get? What do you got, Jesus? What happens is, for many of us, if we miss who he is, the Son of God, if we miss that he wrapped himself up and just came here, if we miss that, if we're still looking for signs, it causes us to say, you know, God, you, you didn't get me what I was hoping for. God, you weren't there when I went through this tough time. I didn't see you really do what I wanted to see happen. Where were you, God? It affects our relationship because, well, man, you didn't give. So I guess you don't love me. You didn't give, so I guess there's, you know, you don't care. You didn't give because, and it affects us as followers of Christ. Because I have a relationship with Jesus, right? So that there aren't any problems. Well, the Bible teaches opposite. That says there are going to be problems, troubles, and difficulties, and all types of things. That's what it does tell us. Well, so there'll be no one death. No one will die. You know, I'm doing this because this loved one is in a situation, and I want. And we miss who Jesus is. Because we're looking to get. Okay, Randy, I. I understand it. We need to know who God is and just love him and praise him. But really, how do we get something from God? How do we make that happen? Because, man, I want my life to be successful. I want my business to be successful. I want my health to be well. How do I get something from God? 
So we start by looking at this miracle. And John shares it. He says, it declares something about who Jesus is. It's the fourth miracle, but there's a sign. It's telling you something. And Jesus is feeding 5,000 plus people. Now, it's important to know that Israel's kind of long and stretched out. So they go on this journey and they're going northward. They travel about 100 miles and then they get to this lake and they cross this lake, the sea to the other side. It's taken them seven days in walking from Jerusalem. Now, Jesus had just found out before leaving that John the Baptist had been beheaded. So he's probably trying to get away from the crowds and things a little bit just to think about the fact that, that John has passed on. And in spite of being in a remote location, people found him and crowds began to surge. This is where we pick up the story in John chapter 6, verse 2. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. A great multitude of people followed him. Why? Because of faith. Right? Is that what it says there? Because of faith. I believe in God. I believe. No. It goes on to say right here. They saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased and those that were sick. He saw the healings. And so when they saw and heard this, they're flocking towards him. Verse 3. Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he just sat down with his disciples. Now just think about that picture. I'm just tired. It's been a long walk. Sit down, guys. Sit down. This rust. Crowds all here. I know they want something, but guys, just take a moment. Sit down. And they're sitting there. And then the scripture makes this side note. It's kind of interesting. It says, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. It was about ready to happen. This is really important because it's going to explain what happens at the end to help you understand the story a little bit more. But it's a reminder to the crowd, it's a reminder to everyone once a year. They're remembering a prophet is to come. Someone that's a leader like Moses, like Joshua, will come. He will take over this evil government. Boy, we need a leader like that right now, don't we? You know, it'll take over, it'll replace. We'll be out from under judgment. Passover reminds us of this. Then in verse 5, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw the crowd, the company come unto him, He's probably thinking, really? Why, why are you here? You, you want more? I mean, I, I, what are you looking? You looking for some signs for me again? He said unto Philip, what shall we buy bread with that they may eat? Where can you go shopping? He, he turned to Philip to test him. He also turned to Philip to, you know, because he knew the region. Where's the nearest Costco? <laughs> there ain't no Costco here. 7-Eleven? They don't even have a 7-Eleven. This is remote territory. We don't have any money. He said this. He said this to prove this or test Philip for himself, for he knew uh, what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. And every one of them, if we did this, they would only be able to get a little more, so a little bit of all that. And then maybe it's kind of a hoax, it's kind of a, a joke, it's kind of a teasing back to Jesus. Uh, Simon Peter says, says, hey, there's a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fish. Uh, but what is that among all these people? He probably said, come on, come on up here, lad. What do you got? Got, got? got a sandwich? Okay, come on, let's go show Jesus, okay? <laughs> let's see what he can do with this, all right? And Jesus said, make them to sit down. Now, well, there's much grass in the place, so the men sit down 
in the number of about 5,000. Again, it keeps talking about 5,000 men. It's not ignoring the women. It's not ignoring the children. It's probably about 20,000 people involved right now. He's giving a count, and that count was known for them. A Roman legion was 5,000 men. Could you try again? They had a Roman legion there that was posted in that situation. A legion. And so he took the loaves, he went among them, he gave thanks. It's kind of like this. I bring my staff together and say, seeing all the services we got, we need to feed everybody, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I got this donut. Okay? We're going to feed everyone. You're going to go, you're not going to get much donut. Just you go ahead and you can have my piece. Not, not much of that I'm going to get. All right? We're going to serve everyone. We're going to serve several services. We're going to just take this donut. We're going to feed everyone. Now let's pray. <laughs> okay, Randy. Yeah. Whatever you say. He distributes to the disciples, and disciples then to those sitting down. And likewise, he did the same with the fish, and they passed it all off. They were filled. They'd eaten all the bread they could. They'd eaten all the fish they could. They didn't have a bite, just a bite morsel. They had as much as they could. And he said to the disciples, gather up all the fragments of rain that nothing is lost. Do you think Jesus is worrying about the crumbs? I find it interesting it was 12 baskets. Well, how many apostles do we have? We have 12. I, I want each one of you carrying a basket. I want you to know about this. I want you to remember this, all right? And so they gather up the loaves and they gather up the basket and the fragments. Therefore, they gathered and they filled the 12 baskets with the five, uh, from the five barley loaves and the remainder that was there was more. They'd eaten everything they could and the remainder is more than that. Now, those guys who had seen this miracle that Jesus did, said, this is that prophet that has come to the world. This is what we've been looking for. And in that moment, there is a glimpse of who Jesus is. And they turn to him and go, it's not about the sideshow. It's not about the miracles. It's not about the event. Who are you? It's Passover. We've been waiting for a leader. There's something different about you. Who are you? And for the first time, the crowd is asking the question. They see Jesus, but it changes quickly in that moment. Now they're thinking 5,000 men. 20,000 people. If we begin to march back to Jerusalem, as soon as we went through Capernaum, we get another 5,000. Then as we went down through the other place, we'll get another 5,000. Right outside Jerusalem, we'll have another 5,000. We'll have about 20,000 men. We'd be have 50,000, 60,000 people. Uh, there'll be a mass thing. It's greater than our legions. And we'll be coming towards Jerusalem. Finally, our prayers are answered. Finally, the country has come alive. Finally, this bad government will be removed. Verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to try to make him king, he departed again into a mountain by himself alone. And before he does that, what he does, he grabs the disciples and he says, get in the boat. 
Get in a boat. Don't get caught up in this foolishness. Get in a boat. Go across to the other side. And they push off and they get started. Jesus knew their hearts. Jesus knew their motives. And it had little to do about who he was and what he wanted. It had everything to do with what they wanted him to do. What they wanted to get. He grabs these disciples, they go on across the other way, and then he makes his way over eventually. How he gets there, that's not even talked about, but he ends up over there on the other side. So when he gets to the other side, the crowd finds him again. And the crowd's kind of coming around him and start gathering around him again. This time, Jesus calls them out. He calls me out. He calls you out. And he says, what is it you're wanting? What is it you're after? Now, have you ever heard someone say, oh, you know, I gave up the faith. I just gave up on church. I, I, I just gave up. Yeah, it, it, I didn't get anything out of it. I wasn't getting anything out of it. I, I, I used to serve, but... But, but I gave up on that. I, I used to read the Bible, but I gave up on that. I used to give. I used to sit up front. I used to, I, I, I'm not getting anything out of that. Have you ever heard somebody say that? How many times have we said, God, I don't think you're doing what I need you to do right now. I'm not getting. As long as about something that we get out of it, we don't understand who he is. And he is all that we need. Nothing more. We're just like my kids racing towards the door saying, God, God, Jesus, Jesus what do you got for me? It's Sunday, praise God. It's like, what do you got for me? It's going to be exciting. Oh, the worship's great. I love that. What do you got for me? John 6, 25 through 30. They found him on the other side. Remember I said there's a dance? There's a game we play when we're trying to get something out of people. Rabbi, when did you show up? Like they've been tracking him like a hound dog. But when did you show up? Oh, it's nice to see that you're here. And Jesus goes to the point, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. You wanted lunch. That's why you're here. Not because you understood the signs. But don't be so concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy, spend your life, spend your focus, spend your time seeking eternal life. The Son of God, he gave it to you. For God has given me the seal of my Father's approval and the power and the authority of that. Don't you get the huge idea what's really happening here? The ecclesia, the gathering of the church, the authority that has been granted you. Living life with power, with a joy, with a presence, no matter what happens around you. I am all, I am all that you need. And they replied, we want to perform God's works. We want to have this power too, just like you. Uh, what should we do? And Jesus says, 
The only work God wants. I want to pause here because this is really important. The only thing God wants. The only thing he's wanting you to press in on is this one thing. That you believe in the one God has sent. That you believe in me. Not that you just ask me into your life, but you believe in me. In every circumstance, in every situation, you just believe and you're just excited to be with me because you know I'm with you. And if I'm with you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You got everything you need. You got everything that you need. And they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they were journeying through the desert. You know, you provided food and they got the food from heavens like that. There was a miracle that was done. Kind of do something bigger than the food thing. They're back to wanting lunch. Really? Don't you know who's standing in front of you? Don't you get what's going on right now? And that's not enough? On the back. Have you ever asked this question to Jesus, to God? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can do for you? We say that the, all Christianity is about how do I get closer to God? You know how that starts? Every morning just waking up and just saying, God, how do I put a smile on your face today? What's one thing I can do for you? And all of a sudden, discipleship and all this stuff, everything, he just trains you. Because you just simply say, God, how do I please you today? Anything I do isn't worth anything, but God, something you want me to do for somebody or something you need me to do in my life, what, do you, what puts a smile on your face right now. Christianity comes alive then. It's no longer a chore. It's a seeking to hear from God and a knowing. It's just a, God, I, I just want to please you. I want to I do something that touches your heart. Throughout the years, we've been, had meals with people of means like that. The first time it ever happened was when we were in San Jose and this multimillionaire had taken us out to lunch and while we were there with him and the, the lady turned to us because we had a significant impact on her daughter and said, is there anything we can do for you? Oh, yeah? <laughs> I got a car that needs the payment. Uh, I, I'm not sure where I'm going to pay for my rent this month. I mean, things are real tight. There's a lot of things you can do for me. But I said, no. I don't want anything from you. I appreciate that you're spending some time and we can just talk with you. But would you tell me how you came to know Christ and why he's so important in your life? And then later on, I said, would you tell me if you had just one thing to share? You wanted to tell lots of couples or lots of, what would that one thing be? When you're sitting with someone important like Jesus, you want to learn. You want to get something in that moment. Not in stuff, but God. 
What insight you got for me? What, what do you want to share with me? What do you want to do in me? What can I do for you? And it radically changes your life. What it's about. And because of this, at this point, the crowd begins to walk away. Magic show's over. Not going to be a lot of healings today. Not getting anything out of this at all. No gets today. And they walk away. But you. But me. We live the other side of the resurrection. Jesus came back to life and gave us power and authority. Gave us his love. Gave us his heart. Made a covenant with his blood. I am for you always. Whenever you face a problem, you look for the cut of my hand and you know the blood covenant. I am here for you. That's enough. That's enough. We can't walk away. We can't get hooked up on getting and getting. Something's got to happen in our hearts. He claimed to be the light of the world and he proved it. Are you looking for food? Are you looking for just some stuff and some fix? I got some bills. Yeah, it's important, but he has so much more to offer. That's just like extra stuff he gives and as you just find out who he is and you just love him. Are you asking, what can I get today, Jesus? I need something really bad. We're not receiving because we don't know who he is. We're looking for the miracles, for the signs, and not him. This is no small thing that Jesus has invited us to, to participate in. This is no small thing. The disciples turned the world upside down. Those people that turned the world upside down, they've come here. And in their surrender, more possibilities, more things occurred, because they surrender and say, God, you are it and that is it. And you just tell me what to do and I will do it. I want you to get this idea. I want you to understand what I'm going to say. If every Christian in the U.S. for two weeks didn't ask for stuff, didn't ask God to prove himself, to show himself, reveal himself, if every Christian just lived like a Christian for two weeks. If we would forgive everyone that's ever offended us, hurt us, done us wrong, if we'd just be generous and compassionate, if every father would just go to their kids, no matter what their age, and speak a blessing. Not if you did this and all these things like that, but just say, I want you to know God blesses you. God has more for you. Do you know how many here sitting would be healed in that moment? If every mom would just go and hear what God would have to say from one heart to the next and would speak that love 
not the, what you need to do, not if you get yourself fixed up. I just want you to know God loves you. I love you so much. It doesn't matter. You don't have to prove anything to me. I just want to speak blessing and love to you. If every son and daughter would just submit to their parents and love and learn. If we just did the basics, if we just were Christians and followed Jesus for two weeks, this nation would change dramatically because there'd be prayers, there'd be decrees, there'd be things that would happen, there'd be a release of the angelic. Heaven would come to earth because we believed he was the son of God. I want the worship team to come. You have the ruby slippers. Dorothy and Wizard of Oz spent her old time wandering around, looking for a way home, looking for this, looking for that. She had the ruby slippers the entire time. She had the way home. She had the way to solve everyone's problems and to meet their needs. She had that from the very beginning. You have Jesus Christ. You have him. You have all that you need. He will bring all of that to bear as you just love him, if you're just with him, as you just learn to say, it's about you. And then all of a sudden, he talks to you and he shares these other things as we just are just living and loving and just letting him be in us. The question that changes everything is the question that Jesus was trying to get his audience to listen to. Who do you or walk down and just take a mic and stick your face. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Because you have him here right now. It's impossible to have an authentic, intimate relationship and you're always trying to get. God has already given you the most important thing. We get to go to him and say, Heavenly Father, Father that loves me, Father that cares for me, Father that blesses me, Father that would may not even be like my earthly father. Father, Almighty God, we get to come to you. You're here with us. And we quit asking, what do we get? And we surrender and we go, you know, God, when I first started out, you gave everything to me. You gave me forgiveness. You gave me your love. I didn't have to do anything but just receive it. And it was exciting and yeah, I could see that you're answering prayers like that. I became kind of selfish. It came about me. Now I'm growing up a little bit and I realize something. It's not about me. I don't want to give myself away to you. I've accepted you, but now God... I want to give you all. It's not about just doing and telling. God, I want to experience you. I want to know you. I want you to be real and alive. I want to live for you.
God, I surrender. I give it to you now. And I'll obey you. John 20, 30. But these miracles, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that by believing, believing, you will have life. Life in his name. Jesus and God gave themselves to us. Until this goes from your head to your heart and changes your posture of bowing before him, you're going to find yourself negotiating with God. God of creation, you're negotiating with him. We need to go to a different place. We need to go to a place where we say, God, I give you all that I am. I give you my body. I give you my thoughts. Holy Spirit, God, would you just come into me and will you just be all to other people through me? Will you flow? Will you work? I just surrender to you that you would do this in my life. God, I'm after you. Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. You're my heavenly father. I'm after you, God. You're not a food truck. You're so much more. God, today, let this go from my head to my heart. I'm not a consumer, I'm a follower. Stand with me right now. Lift your hands. Begin to praise Him. I'm after your heart. I'm seeking your face. I'm throwing myself all into this. I want you. You. Father, I'm seeking your face. Let your presence come. You are Just to praise on your beauty is all I desire. I just want you, God. Just 